Summer means flip-flops and sandals at Jesse Brown's. Check out some of the finest in the biz with Olakai, Chaco, Keen, and Hari Mari, all available at the South's original outdoor specialty store, Jesse Brown's, and the new website, www.jessebrowns.com. Hey, come on in. The listening to this fine. The Carolina Outdoors is now in session. Your host, Wes Lawson. And Bill Barty. I'm sorry, Bill. I'm over here rocking out. I mean, this is great intro music, and it's fitting because uh, we've got a pretty fun guest coming up. Oh, we do, and that's TJ the DJ that's making those beautiful sounds happen. But here we are on the Carolina Outdoors where we come in to talk about the different outdoor activities for you, our listener, to do. And we'll go beyond the Carolinas, but right now school is out. Uh, A lot of people are taking time off of work, vacation time. One of the number one participated in sports in the U.S. is fishing. Mm -hmm. But we want to have success fishing. So when we go out there taking this time off, we want to be able to catch fish. And our next guest is a professional. He is someone who has caught fish for a living, and he purveys some of the finest fishing products to us at Jesse Brown's through his business, Southeast Trading Company. We're bringing on Bass Pro. Chris Hart. Chris, welcome to the Carolina Outdoors. Hey, thanks, guys. Well, hey, no messing around. Will you help us out if we are, whether we're at one of our area lakes, anywhere around the Carolinas here in the south, maybe we're even going further, or maybe we're just fishing a local pond or a smaller lake. Man, can you give us advice on how we can have success catching fish? Absolutely. This time of year, guys, it's really about early mornings, uh, late in the evening, getting out, you know, even some nighttime fishing right now. The uh, water temps during the day are getting pretty hot up in the upper water column, and uh, a lot of those fish are going to be going deeper. So, uh, you know, early in the morning, basically throwing top water around uh, docks, any place that those fish are going to go into, you know, into a sheltering area. During the heat of the day, they'll also be cruising around those areas early in the morning and late in the evening uh, trying to hunt up a little bit of bait fish when the temperatures are a little bit cooler. So you said top water. That can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. And I think if we if we talk about just for a minute kind of traditional spin fishing and bait casters, are we talking about poppers? What, what in traditional or conventional fishing is it and what on a fly rod would you say is top water for bass this time of year? Well, you know, most of the most of the topwater bass fishing with the fly rod stuff that's going to take place this time of year is going to be on or near vegetation. You know, uh, the bass will hold a little bit shallower in, in vegetation throughout the heat of the summer because there's plenty of oxygen in that part of the water. So if you want to fish shallow, it's best to try and find, uh, you know, some good vegetation, some good green vegetation, whether it's hydrilla or milfoil or even lily pads. Uh, and, you know, Dahlberg-style diving, uh, you know, top waters and any kind of popper, really anything that you can make some noise with and just kind of let it sit there and bring the fish to it because they are going to be a little more lethargic in the summertime. So, you know, one of the things, Chris, that has worked, at least for me periodically, and you tell me if this is wrong, but when, when I go to a pond or a lake with a fly rod, there is a saltwater fly that actually works pretty well for me. It's a version of a Clouser minnow. Why in the world would that work for bass? 
You know, it's got it's a great bait fish imitator, and because of the way that the eyes are tied onto that fly, it has a great jigging action, which really, sh- you know, is it, one thing we struggle in fly fishing when it comes to bass fishing is giving enough action to the fly, and uh, you know that really is going to uh, that's really going to give that that fly some up and down action and some real erratic movement. I think that's why the Clouser does so well. And if you want to have a lot of fun fishing for bass with a fly rod, one of my favorite things to do is to take a, you know, a popper or a Dahlberg style diver and then tie that Clouser on a good two or three feet behind it with a, uh, or I'm sorry, good 17, 18 inches underneath. Putting that Clouser minnow on right underneath the uh, the popper or your Dahlberg style topwater is our version of what a lot of people out west call the hopper dropper in fly fishing, but we call it the popper dropper for bass fishing. <laughs> and that and that just gives us more noise and, and motion to to excite the bass, or is there more to it than that? I and mean, that's pretty good stuff right there. Well, you know, if, if you watch if you watch uh, if you watch bass in the in the summertime, especially when they're a little bit more lethargic, you can almost bring them to any kind of distress type of, uh, you know, if you're around the fish, bringing them to be interested in something that's distressed is fairly easy to do. Hmm. Getting them to actually attack it is, is, the, uh, is really the, the trigger or the key thing. That's why they have so many different types of conventional topwater lures from buzz baits to walking baits like spooks to, uh, you know, to glide baits that ride in the first foot of the top of the water column. Um, in poppers is to uh, to just see what that fish wants on that particular day. And so it kind of sounds like what you're saying is it's not about a one size fits most during certain times of day of the season, but but really, you know, some of these bass are behaving differently. So maybe it's either convincing them that they're hungry or that they need to be opportunistic and go after something that's, you know, going to hit at that predatory instinct. Is that kind of right? Yeah, you know, they, 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 uh, you know, a lot of times if you, if you watch, uh, if you watch the ecosystem in a lake when something struggles, whether it's a turtle or a small bait fish or anything, uh, you'll notice that there's a lot of interest from bluegill. There's a lot of interest from bait fish even. You know, even the bait fish are somewhat predatory in a way. Um, would you'll see them come up and sometimes nip at your fly line. Um, so anything that's in the water that's new, those fish are going to check out. So that popper dropper really allows that fish to come up to the sound of the popper and then have an opportunity to see another type of forage that's right in front of them that's maybe a little bit smaller, a little bit more like, oh, look, there's a minnow that's going to chase this frog around the water, you know. So um, it kind of it, it just gives them another subsurface opportunity to eat if they're not feeling like coming up into that top foot of the water column we've got chris hart here on the carolina outdoors we're talking about how to catch bass and how to catch fish so i'm making notes over here chris you've made your living uh for years as a professional bass fisherman and now you are the sims rep the breakline rep the galvin reels rep and you call on us at jesse brown's you travel all over the southeast but here are my notes movement and sound matter but if we're fishing for bass does smell matter as well you know, it, it's there, there's a there's a lot of different theories on that. I I I personally um, have never really really uh, taken a whole lot of stock in the smell of things, uh, as far as you know, fish actually sniffing it and deciding to eat or not. I think bass to me are more of a uh, more of an opportunistic reactionary type 
eater, especially largemouth. You know, you can – I definitely don't think with spotted bass and smallmouth bass that scent matters quite as much. A largemouth bass definitely will be a little bit more inquisitive and take its time looking at things and a little bit more finicky a lot of times in, in the speed of your presentation. So, um, you know, scent is not a huge game changer, but I'm sure there's – you'll have 100,000 callers call up tomorrow and say that I'm totally wrong, and they could be right because – the living I made bass fishing wasn't a very good one, if that tells you anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm going to go back because I was making notes as you were saying these things. You mentioned early. So if we get up early before the sun gets up uh, up high in the sky and then late uh, as the sun is kind of setting, those are the sweet spots for us. Uh, maybe not fishing as hard when the sky uh, sun is at the top of the sky through lunch or so, we'll have better success. So people who are listening to the Carolina Outdoors via the airwaves of WBT are at an advantage because they are up and able to fish earlier. But then the topwater part came in there. So the fish are going to go down as the water warms up. Um, do fly anglers have more uh, uh, more ability for success compared to a conventional angler angler? when the topwater uh, bite is on? You know, that really depends, too. It depends on your water quality that you have. The fly, the fly anglers, at a, at a greater disadvantage, the, the worse quality of water you're fishing, i.e. visibility. Um, you can, you know, a lot of those conventional lures are really, they have a lot of loud rattles in them yes. and really scoop popper faces. You can make a lot of noise in dirty water with those to bring fish with their lateral line closer to your bait. Um, in clearer water, I think that especially in the summertime, you know, when you're not really trying to get down on the bottom and fish to the bottom for bass, that um, it seems to me like a lot of those fish will not only not they're not necessarily going down deep in the summertime. A lot of times they're suspending at a depth where there's the best oxygen levels in the best temperature variance. So in the middle of the day, per se, on a super bright, sunny, hot day, those fish might go down and suspend in 12 feet of water, not on anything. They might just be sitting at 12 feet, just uh, literally they're just being pretty lethargic and just being cool and not use, burning a lot, of, uh, a lot of calories and, you know, maxing out their metabolism. So the fish really take the, the certain times during the day to get active where you're going to be able to fish for them with more traditional moving style baits. That's not to say that there aren't guys that specialize in trying to fish for suspended bass, but fly fishing is actually a very, very effective way to catch suspended bass because, you know, your flies suspend pretty well in the water if you use sinking lines. So you can, uh, you know, but a lot, of, a lot of the conventional guys, when they're fishing to suspended fish, will go to, they will try and find some kind of structure that those fish are going to be in and around or feeding around i.e. one of the big ones in the summertime also is brush piles. And, uh, you know, if you, if you have elect, good electronics on your boat, it's pretty easy to find brush piles because you can go to almost any major, major lake that gets fished quite a bit, and you have what I call the crew that, uh, that puts brush piles out and then marks them. And back in the old days, that's the way a lot of tournaments were won. Guys would stick out a bunch of Christmas trees on a certain point and nobody else knew about them, and everybody drove over them all the time. But nowadays you have side scan and, a whole bunch of electronic stuff that you can actually see that stuff with. So there are chances are if you have a really nice, you know, fairly gradual sloping point, main lake point in the summertime, 
somebody's probably put a brush pile on it somewhere. And if you don't have electronics, one great way to find those brush piles is to throw a Carolina rig, um, you know, because you will actually be down on the, in contact with the bottom the entire time you're fishing that. And you can feel the changes from, from mud bottom to rock into the rock and the wood. And most of those guys are going to put the brush piles, you know, on the rocky breaks on those points. Well, and for our listeners in North Carolina, the North Carolina Wildlife Commission, words escape me, uh, has an interactive map that can show you on uh, lakes and ponds where they've put in fish-attractive habitat, much like those brush piles. So it can up the ante to make it a little bit easier uh, when we want to go catch fish, especially if we're introducing newer anglers to the sports. They have a little bit more success. And Chris, not to put you on the spot, but for our listeners out there, will you describe what a Carolina rig is so that uh, if people are trying sure. to mimic it, uh, they can get out there sure. on a Saturday? Absolutely. Well, in the in the post-spawn, when, when you have fish that are down, you know, feeding more actively on the bottom where a lot of guys will use maybe a plastic worm with a worm weight on it or um, a jig to get down, the Carolina rig is basically a one-ounce weight. You throw it on a bait caster. And it's a one-ounce weight, and then a, a swivel. Usually you put a bead in between the weight and the swivel so that you don't the weight doesn't uh, hurt your knot that's on there holding the swivel on. And then from that swivel, it's just a barrel swivel, not a snap swivel. And then you would put what we call like a maybe a two-foot leader on the back of that swivel with a uh, EWG or a worm hook, and you can fish pretty much any soft plastic on that. And it's a way to get your bait out there really far because you can cast it a ways. And then it's once that one-ounce weight hits the bottom, you're literally, literally dragging that weight across the bottom. And if you use a tungsten weight, they're a little bit more expensive than the one-ounce lead weights, but they're also harder and not as soft as lead. So you can feel the bottom through the rod better with a tungsten weight. And uh, the way that you fish that is you basically drag it along the bottom, waiting for a fish to come and grab the soft plastic that's either suspending or on the bottom maybe a couple feet behind it but you just did an awesome job of describing that via the radio and podcast chris hart you were too good we kept you longer than we told you so thank you for spending some time with us here on the carolina outdoors oh happy to do it i hope uh, your listeners can go out and Maybe catch a few more fish because of it. I think they can. That's Chris Hart. He's with Southeast Trading Company. He represents Sims, Brakeline, Galvin Reels, Brakeline Sunglasses uh, throughout the Southeast. And we uh, we love what you do. And uh, thank you for taking some time to share with our listeners on how to catch those fish. We're going to take a quick break and come back with the next segment. You're listening to the Carolina Outdoors. The Highlights of the Carolina Outdoors is brought to you by Jesse Brown's Outdoors, Charlotte's original outdoor store featuring the finest brands in outdoor lifestyle. From Patagonia to Pendleton, from Filson to fly fishing, Jesse Brown's lives local in Charlotte's South Park area and outfits global at jessebrowns.com. <laughs> 